Hey everyone, welcome to episode 18. My name is Keshav and I'm the producer for this episode. Today's conversation is with Bryce Cross, who is a 2018 Dalhousie University graduate. Bryce began his career in Deloitte's risk advisory practice in Halifax and was actually someone who completed his CPA capstones and CFE in the initial stages of COVID-19. And he also works as a teaching assistant, tutor, and as a content developer of various courses at Dow. And he was able to provide his perspective to Sam as someone who's on the academia teaching end and also as a CPA student in what the transition to online school was and the challenges that everyone experienced. And he was also someone who left his job at Deloitte during the middle of COVID um, and took a gamble and became an independent consultant, which is a really interesting story. I've linked Bryce's info down in the description, and as always, Sam's is there as well. Thanks, and enjoy this episode. Boom, and we're live, Bryce. Oh. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll introduce you in a second. I'm really glad to have you here, too. Uh, we're going to start off with a surprise question. So, um, what do you think my favorite swear word is? <laughs> How many times have I heard you say a curse word? <laughs> Not all that many. Well, I like hearing that because I don't swear with my students. So like that's the professional line. But with my colleagues, uh, I tend to drop a few, a few swear words here and there when I'm excited, <laughs> when I'm angry, when I'm frustrated, when I'm sleepy. <laughs> Not when I'm hungry. Uh, so I thought I'd throw this question at you as like a legit total surprise to loosen this up a little bit. I've given you... a Timers too to think about it. What do you think it is? My favorite swear word. I gotta say it's the F word. I Absolutely. would say I think yes. so. Yeah, it's it's the F word. But yeah. I was I'm thinking about it. I'm like, go I, for like the one that I'm my like go to, and I feel like there's a yeah. comedic bit about it about why it's just so versatile. So yeah, yeah, it's just you know you can use it, you can conjugate it however you'd like, and it can be it can be good, it can be bad, it can be everything yeah. in between. And you can mask it, so you can say F, and yeah. people know what you're what you're saying, yeah. what you're thinking, and you can still slide it by. So. All right. Uh, now that we're into this, uh, maybe that'll be a <laughs> bonus gonna... question to my students on a test someday. What is okay. Sam's favorite swear word? <laughs> yeah. One, one and a half points. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, tell me what you're doing, where you're at, where have you been, uh, where'd you come from, where are you going? Uh, but the long and the short of it, not, not all that. Let's start off with, um, have I ever been your teacher? Your no. prof? No. <laughs> No, 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 we've never taken, no, no, we've no. never, I've never taken a class with you. Nope. Where, so how did we get to know each other? We took consolidations together, <laughs> although you weren't really a registered student in the class, I would say. No, um, uh, in fact, I was, um, I was set to replace a legend, uh, yes. in, and I wouldn't say replace, I would say teach her courses. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, she, and, and, and legend so, is not used lightly there that's like she's like a legend she's a legit canadian um and if not like international uh, she's a 3m scholar she's been teaching consolidations for 25 years and they legit wrote it into part of my paid compensation to sit there and audit her class and i am um when they brought it up um and it, it was posed to me as an option and i jumped at it i was like wait a minute i am getting paid to learn and to to really not learn the material so much as learn how to deliver it and mm -hmm. essentially get a master class 
um, in education from a legend, I was like, absolutely. Like who would, who would not take this opportunity? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you were in the class taking it as a student, as a fourth year Dow student. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think you were like, well, who the heck is this person? Um, That's true. We were all like, who's this person sitting in the corner with a, a laptop and like a Contigo and like, and, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, was it the corner? I'm pretty sure I was front row center because I was like geeked out and yeah, you were like off the yeah, 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 just yeah, there, yeah. You were near near the table that the homework got handed in, so you had a a little bit of a you were out of place because no one wants to be the first one in in the homework. (laughs) That is very true. And then, uh, when was the first time that we worked together? Do you recall? Shortly after I finished school, I guess that no, was no, it was even sooner. Marking intro, I want to say managerial yeah. exams. Yeah. yeah. So Tammy, it was even slightly before then. So Tammy's like, "Hey, uh, I was putting on my first midterm and for intro uh, managerial," and she's like, "Oh, do you need like somebody to help uh, invigilate?" I was like, "Sure." And she's like, "Bryce is awesome," and I was like, "Okay." And then you very kindly, um, ha- when you just, you took charge, which I loved because it was great because midterms are crazy and you started handing them out. You saw that there's different colors and you just, you know, you were respectful. Like you didn't come in and like, you know, but like you got shit done. And I really appreciated that. And then, um, cause for I myself, like I didn't now, teach actually, university. Yeah. yeah. I didn't teach university before coming to Dal. I was, you know, all in with this, uh, with CPA education, so when the midterms were out, I had this moment like, oh my goodness, how do we get them back? <laughs> yes, I remember, I do remember that you approached me and it was, you were like, what do we do at the end? And I was like, pencils down and we pick up the exam. Like, you, you know, but, but you were like, oh, but like, do they bring them to you or do you go get them? And it was like, it was like, like I think we ended up doing like everybody passed them to the left and then I just yeah. grabbed them all in the middle. Yeah. 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 And then I think you said, be careful for the runners. <laughs> I was like, what? And yes, like, be careful for the like, runners. <laughs> so it was great. And so you were very kind. You did not, uh, you were not condescending at all. And that is when, because um, I truly, truly believe that there's a continuum of learner and educator, and we're all on it. And sometimes, sometimes we're swapped. <laughs> I've forgotten I, that one entirely. I didn't remember that at all until that now. Was, that was that was pretty funny because yeah, I remember you were like, yeah, like, what do I do? <laughs> and you're like, this is your class. How did you, I think <laughs> like, you told me your, later, you're like, how did you get this job? And I was like, well, there's no test for like, can you give tests? It was like, yeah. do you know the shit and can you teach it? <laughs> like, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. would have failed that last part. <laughs> like, um, yeah. <laughs> or I would have like, pencils down. Bye. <laughs> yeah, like everyone leave. There's a fire. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad you buried it deep because we, that was in January or like February or whatever, February of 2018. And now we're sitting here like legit three years later and a lot of time has passed. So what have yeah. you done? Your fourth year counting Adele. And so that means you would have graduated um, in April, April, May of 2018. Mm-hmm. What have you been doing since then? as a Dal accounting grad? So too many things I feel, but a lot of things and it's been a lot of fun. Basically my full-time job was, you know, working at Deloitte in, in risk consulting. And I put on, I had a lot of hats there. Um, a lot of it ended up being, you know, very related to, to the accounting and some of it was not at all related to the accounting I did in school. At the same time, I was basically hustling as hard as I could 
to um, you know get anything together basically in education. So I was like TAing basically anything I could, grading anything I could, um, you know making assignments. I was tutoring. I was doing exam prep sessions, making booklets. Um, I worked a little bit with the profession throughout that time um, in a couple different capacities like CPA Canada. Um, and then I left the firm recently in October. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I just want to make sure that we get a full picture of the hustle. So, and when did you start your first um, CPA module? Because you took the modules through Pat, correct? Oh, yes. I totally forgot that I got a CPA. Um, I, yes, yeah, so so I started in Pat in October 2018. So you would have done that whole summer and you were probably hustling during that summer, doing finance, tutoring, and possibly some other things. That's right. You start core one in the fall. And was that when you started doing the CPA way questions for me for IFA two? I think you developed a number of questions. Shortly after that, I believe, yeah. Yeah, so you're working at Deloitte, doing core one, joining my team as content development. Um, mm-hmm. And then, so kind of doing doing everything. So when people are like, oh, I can either do this or this, it's like, well, why not do and, right? And yeah. you had, I, I do believe you had some social life in there at some point. I, yeah, I did, yeah. I managed to somehow fit in right after graduating a few weeks abroad with my, my girlfriend at the time. And um, yeah, no, it was, it was, as long as I basically, I found so long as I worked for nine to five, that there was still room for a social life most of the time, pretty much. Hey, was that the girlfriend that I uh, I met in the elevator? Yes, that yeah. would have, yeah. She, she was awesome. I love, absolutely yeah. loved her. Um, in the elevator at the row, she asked if I was a student there and I was so delighted I didn't and, remember that either. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. and then and then what did she say? I don't I, remember. Oh, she's like, oh, because we have some really old students sometimes. Oh. <laughs> I would just turned right around. You start, it's like a roller coaster. You were so good. Oh. So good. Yeah, and so down. And I, I just want to be like, oh, were you graduating? Were you supposed to be graduating in May? <laughs> no that oh, was good I really liked it that was uh one of those moments so I actually came up like a year later when mm-hmm. I ran into one of my students in the stop and then um his friend was there and was like wait a minute is that your prop and then so later I was talking to my student I was like I was like you can't I'm like did he just think I was a really old student he's like no he thought you were a regular age student I was like good 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 <laughs> So that's the memory that goes down. <laughs> there you go. There you Anyways, go. It's a funny one um, because mm-hmm. I was talking to one of my um, colleagues recently that really um, I'm a, I'm the year of the tiger. And one of my students is also a year of a tiger. And she's like, next year we will turn 24 together. And I was like, you know how to play the game. Good job. <laughs> there you go. So, all right. So you're hustling, you're working, you're working hard. You mm-hmm. are involving hustle. You are not sacrificing a social life because that was that girlfriend. There's been others. I won't, I won't bring any, any more here. And, uh, and you've gone out and had fun and have a group of friends. And so I don't, it's not about work or work and hustle, hustle, hustle. You really have, an, I don't want to call it balance, but you, you've done, you've had your eye on the prize and, and multiple kind of wins at the same time. Yes. Base, yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I'd say that's fair. I'd say that's fair, yeah. Core one, core two, and busy season. What would traditionally be busy season for people? Uh, so for us, actually, busy season runs from November to December. Basically, half of all the revenue for the year would come in. So it was busy. Core one was actually during our busy mm-hmm. season. Okay. Um, core core two, I took earlier than most because there's two offerings, and the auditors are typically prohibited from taking these yeah, the one winter, in January. Yeah. the one in January because of busy season. Yeah, um, I took that one um, just because I was like, let's. Let's get this out of the way. It's yeah. the dead of winter. It's the dead of winter, um, and so cleared that out of the way, and then I didn't resume until later in the summer when they put on the electives. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. So actually, I remember you taking core one and the module exam because it was on a new type of software. And so I bring this up because, you know, right now students are writing virtual exams online and they feel, and rightfully so, like this is so different. This has never been done, but, you know, you wrote at a time when they were bringing new software and there was, you know, there was some good, you know, some transition items and some, you know, nervousness with just different. And so part of, you know, the profession is that it's always changing and evolving and growing and also needing to adapt to different circumstances and different, you know, realities. So you um, said something to me like right before that I was like, yes, like, yes, yes, yes. And I hope that people can pull from strengths from this. It was, well, everybody, you know, everybody's going to be writing the same thing. Like whatever happens could happen to anybody. And I just got to go in there and do my best. And if something bad happens, I really just have to focus on being in the top 80% and it'll probably be okay. Basically. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, sort of, you know, when you're looking at the issues and how they kind of have been handled is, you know, like educational institutions aren't really out to get you. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I had, you know, during, I think it was core one. Yeah. Uh, My my software was fine. Um, I kind of got through it, Um, but you had to have it set to a little resolution like this. So I had like, you know, one third of the screen um, to use and, but you know, it was in that, that, that sucked, but it was not ideal. Not ideal, but you got certainly through not ideal, but I got through it. Two of the people who were in my cohort who were from the, the from Deloitte, um, they both had a problem and, you know, they, they ended up getting like, it was, you know, extra, an extra 30 minutes was, was applied. And so, that was, that, that was perfectly fine. Like they got stopped for 20 and they got yeah. like 30 or something back. Yeah. So there was measures taken to consider the fact, yeah, yeah that it yeah. wasn't yeah. So, you know, it sucks, but it's also just attitude. Like, okay, here, here's where we are. Let's make the best out of this moment and always give it our best um, and just focus forward. Pretty um, much. Um, and then I know like there was the, like I was part of this sort of generation where like everybody who went through the CFI when the CFI went really poorly. And for, for any of those watching, there was a little bit of a, there was a kerfuffle, I'll call it, not not this year, but the year before last. So right before COVID. Yeah. So actually let's let's fast forward to there because you took two modules. So you did core one, core two back to back, then took mm-hmm. a little bit of a break, then took you took finance and PM, right? Finance and PM, yeah. Okay. And so what's really cool about that, we won't dig into here, but if people want to talk to you, maybe they can reach out because Absolutely. a lot of people are familiar with the tax and assurance. But yep. um hearing your experience in PM and finance would be mm-hmm really cool too and just aligning it with your interests and with your job and more so like your interests Mm -hmm. so then then fast forward and you had done pm and finance and Mm -hmm. you were slated to write um you took capstone one in january 
And then you were slated to write, do Capstone 2 and write the CP in May. And then COVID hits. So you are right in the middle of Capstone 1, have to do video presentations for the first time. And you yep. just got to adapt. Like you were planning on presenting yep. in person. And, and we had no idea what was going to happen there for a little while because it yeah. was like, so, you know, we start, you start the module in like January something, like 15th, I'll say. And it was done by the end of March. Like, I think it was like March 27 was the day that you, you get your, your little thing back that says yes or no. Yeah. That's, um, that's about right. March like 12th, around there. Yeah. March 12th is when they shut down the core two workshop, which would have been in week seven when you handed in part three. So literally the next yeah. week you would have had to, the next week or two would have been when you yeah. submit or do your presentation. So you're so in the like, middle of compiling that big report and figuring out yeah. your presentation. And then the world starts shutting down. And it got even worse for us and like my team, because like when they put out um, the first thing that said, like, you're going to do a video, they didn't specify if it meant you guys are just going to gather and make your video. Cause at that point, like COVID was so new, there was no restrictions yet nothing was closed yet right, yeah. but, but they were starting to say private organizations should start voluntarily so we didn't have one and then I that week actually my girlfriend got the the flu um so it was a really bad time to have the flu. and we'd just been in New Brunswick <clears throat> because of we took her cat to um a specialist in Moncton and th that was the same day the first case came up in New Brunswick so we knew that we didn't have COVID but the rules were like the you know immediately so yeah. I emailed back you know to CPA just saying like look hi so like out of an abundance of caution like and I consulted an MD and yeah. they said look you shouldn't you shouldn't be going into a room right now with these other people and like so I and they they, they were fine with that like it was <clears throat> they were like okay no so you can all be individual and that actually brought a host of challenges. You've got four people with four cameras filming four angles with different audio kind of and different. And I had to stitch it all together. And then you have to answer quite, they, they, they yeah. watch it, have questions, new videos, very different. So within all of that, did, were you able to, in the moment, in the shit show, were you able to kind of keep an eye on the prize, both the goals and also remembering the bigger picture that CPASBY or for me, um, that would have been CP Atlantic. CP Atlantic didn't want, doesn't want people to not write Capstone 2 and do the CP. So was it yeah, hard yeah. to keep that in mind? Like with all this stress and all this newness that they ultimately want you to do well? Um, how was that? There's definitely like, you're not totally sure is the, like, that's where the stress really comes in is you're like, look, we're like 90% sure they're going to sort us out. We're going to be fine here, guys. But it's like, is somebody going to be a stickler or are they going to like, because I know that it got released like for our CFI, they were like, look, we can't have the CFI not in person because we have reciprocal agreements with yeah. other countries that prohibit us <clears throat> from doing such a thing. Yeah. And so it's basically the question was like, is some higher, bigger power gonna, you know, but like, no, it's, it's cap one. Like it was just sort of in the moment stress, like. Yeah. We were clearly taken care of by the end. Um, yeah, uh, and then so you, Capstone 2 is canceled and now you're going to be writing in the summer. How yeah. is your mindset? Because throughout all this, you're working at Deloitte. Um, you're, you know, racking up your hours and your months um, for your CPA designation. You're also tutoring and developing courses. Um, you're marking for AE2 for me. Um, and we're in communication still. Um, I think, oh, you were also involved um, with my cost course at that time. Um, so we're talking, you're doing finance courses and finance development. And all this time, COVID yeah. is, is in full, 
full force with everything, you know, shut down essentially. What was your mindset leading into that summer to take Capstone 2 and prepare for the CP? Were you concerned that it was going to be canceled? I, yeah, I was sort of, because nobody really knew again back then, like in April, by the end of April, that was still where the, the sort of the predominant narrative was like, the world is ending. Uh, like financial markets are crashing, everybody's going out of a job. Um, and I was, I figured it was probably a 50-50. Is I, I was like, look, I, I don't think the odds are any better than that, but I don't know if they're any worse than that. Um, and it's as we were like, coin toss, like, like, like who, who like knows? Like, exactly. And it was like, look, like, and like some of the part of the consideration was not even just like health or safety, but it was like, look, like if a bunch of people are getting, you know, um, laid off from their jobs or getting sick or, or is, you know, are they even gonna have the markers, let's say from a logistics perspective, like if a bunch of people, like, you know, if, if it got as bad as, you know, originally some experts were saying, like, if it was like, yeah. we were expecting a million people at once to have COVID yeah. in Canada, like the, on these crazy projects with these graphs that just go. And so yeah. it was kind of like, look, like, is there going to be a future here where we just can't do this exam for like a year or two yeah. because logistically it can't be put together because the country is still dealing with this. So um, how did you focus on just what you could control? Like, how did, like, what was your mindset? Part of it, it was actually just like, just letting it go <laughs> was, was, it was like, look, like I've got five out of six modules i'm getting a freaking cpa yeah. like they're gonna yeah. give me the letters eventually i'm finishing this come like hell or high water it's happening yeah. um so it was like look that's either happening this year or it's happening next year in by like may let's say mm -hmm. um and you know worst case scenario everybody's getting slowed down there's gonna yeah. be nobody out there that's you know nobody's looking if they'd canceled it all nobody would be looking for a 2020 vintage cpa because they wouldn't exist yeah right it's, so, you're not being singled out we're all in it together yeah. just do the best that you can and head down and yeah. know that it will work out you'll earn your cpa um this year yeah. or next year i like that i really and, really and, do. We, and we knew that like studying was going to be worse because it, it was, you know, for a lot of people, they like, they go study for their CPA at like the central library, right. Or mm -hmm. they do it, you know, so I knew a bunch of people who actually went back to Dallas campus and, yeah. you know, they weren't students anymore, but they would just sit, yeah, in, no. sit in the stacks to study. Yeah. Um, and so like, that wasn't going to be possible. So for a lot of people in, in the cohort, myself included, it was like, so we're just sitting in our living rooms for nine, eight, nine weeks. Yeah. And that was a challenge because like, it is like, you tell yourself like, oh, we're going to start at 9 a.m., studying I did I did it all with a friend a lot of people do it with like one one or two others um so I was like I'll, I'll we'll do it together and then we didn't really start a lot of the mornings because it was like yeah like it's like well you know we could start studying or like we could play call of duty for two hours um and that definitely wouldn't have happened at the library yeah so, so okay so even though it wasn't textbook ideal situation ideal circumstances yeah. or ideal no offense execution right yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's never, you're not going to see that in a cpa like advisor oh two hours yeah. to like f around before you actually start um but so it wasn't textbook anything and yet um a fact you wrote uh the cv in september and late november you you were notified that I, you had passed yes yeah yeah no so it all turned out okay all the modules turned out okay. Basically everything turned out okay. 
Um, the thing I ended up most worried about was my questions for my skills that you have to submit, basically. Uh, <laughs> for your, that uh, that for your designation. Yeah, yeah, I was worried that some of my examples were too far from what a CPA would do. Um, that they would be like, "Well, wait a minute, kid, you're not, you're not, you're not doing anything over here. Like, you know, go, you go do something else." You know, just because um, it wasn't necessarily the traditional, you know, or what we deem to be traditional. Basically, yeah, yeah. that would more, yeah. Okay, so here we are. You passed in November, December. Um, you um, and when did you become a designated? When did you become a CPA? When did you email me with those new shiny letters behind your name? It was, was that January or February fourteenth? I think I was. It's been almost no. It's been almost a month. Yeah, it's been almost a month. Yeah, so let's almost say, a month. Yeah. Yeah. End of January ish. Um, so congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dow I emailed Brad. a bunch of people with just my signature that says Bryce Cross, comma, CPA. It was, uh, <laughs> no, I loved it. And I still do. And I still do because uh, it's been a cool journey. It's been, um, you know, in a number of different ways. Um, I was starting a Dow as you were leaving and you've helped develop um, my courses. Uh, you've helped, um, you know, Mark, you've been definitely that that voice, uh, you as well as uh, Nicole Porkum, so recent Dell grad, um, when we transitioned online to make sure that we, because let's face it, I've been in education for over a decade um, with accounting education. So I realized that what I deem to be easy or what I deem to be you know, appropriate, I, I need to incorporate um, other opinions, right? Because it, mm -hmm. it should relatively be easy. And it's, for me, right? And my barometer is not your barometer. So what I love about um, you this entire time and Nicole this summer for IFA2 and for cost and for AA2 is having that two-way street to ensure, you know, I know at my end what needs to be there and you know at your end what needs to be there. And But you also have, you and Nicole have the empathy of, um, you know, what it feels like recently to be a learner and to you know you just communicated that unknowns and like we're, we're pretty sure like sam's not out to get us or cpa is not out to get us or you know we're pretty <laughs> sure that you know ex educator right ex educator is yeah. not out to get us but then how do we make sure that we communicate that and how do we make sure that we structure the course in such a way so from from your, your perspective you've seen this entire year going virtual um what are your thoughts with with the whole before, during, and after, and how how accounting um, in Dow leads to preparation and execution of the CPA, if that's where somebody so chooses to take themselves. So I guess it's sort of everyone, like students, the faculty, me, everybody, basically, I guess, should always be mindful when we're thinking about the transition online that this was. This was not a project that coalesced with, you know, sponsorship that started two years ago, so, you know, a careful budgeting process on a strategic plan that was years long, you know, with implementation partners and so on and so forth in a, a regular market. It all happened in a, you know, what was that five, six week period with implementation partners who were fully booked. I'm sure every educational, you know, education company that deals in technology solutions was, had the phone ringing off the hook. Every university was doing this. Absolutely everyone had to get everything done real quick. 
the way the way that that's ended up looking of course you know it differs a lot based upon and i've heard stories from you know people in commerce as well as other programs arts even geography um and what the sort of take like takeaway for me that it looked like was that the business school was better prepared to move basically it and, and that might be for any number of reasons i'm not I'm not saying it's because they're like, let's say better than anybody else, but it might just be because the material sort of, or, or, or the textbooks or that the tools that were available were already a little bit more developed and, and ready for that kind of deployment. Um, it's, and, and like, it's, you know, it, it's been a long time educational model that people come into a classroom, they sit down and they wait for somebody at the front to talk for a while and just to sort of explain stuff. And there's, a, and you'll find that those traditions I think are still very active in some parts of the university. If you go down to the James Dunn building right near the LSC and you sit down in one of their lecture halls, there's still literal blackboards at the bottom. They don't have whiteboards. Um, and the, pro the, the project, yeah, it's still chalk. The projectors aren't used. And it's because physics and mathematics professors teach with chalk um, and they don't have, they don't usually have a lot of slides. I mean, one of the guys there, when I was there, he was, when he was teaching calculus, he still had an overhead machine with a plastic film um, with a little dry erase marker. And he would, you know, he would do, he would put the questions up on that, on an overhead, and then he would use chalkboard literally. And it's, I hated the sound of it. Um, it was terrible. It was one of the reasons that I left the class among others was I didn't like the chalkboard. And let me just clarify, we're not throwing shade on any other no, no, and we're certainly not, or no, teaching methods. Absolutely oh, not. No, no, no. You're just because, noting, you're just saying that like the way that we've already been doing this in yeah. business. Uh, so it's, I travel. Yeah. I travel. It's part of the culture. And, yeah, it's yeah. a different culture. It's different like priming. A bunch of us have different backgrounds that are used to mm -hmm. that. And I used to travel um, for work um, and do some long weekends or leave on a Friday and come back on the red eye Sunday night to teach on Monday. And mm -hmm. I always had to have a, like a plan B for my lectures, right? So, you know, what if I get delayed in Calgary or what if I get delayed mm -hmm. in Toronto? What are the plan Bs with videos or, you know, self-paced Nearpods or, you know, and mm -hmm. having these things so that, you know, school can still go on, but I can also still be involved in the profession because that's likely where my strength really lies right now is that yeah. tie in with the profession. I know where 90% of our Dow grads are going and I tweak and adjust to ensure that the for, like what we teach isn't any more difficult, but the format, you know, the CPA way questions in IFA two that we worked on, you know, the delivery of it is consistent with where they yes. need to be. So they don't need to relearn stuff in core one. So I, I think, I think a big part of the takeaway too, is like from this transition is that it's it's not gonna it's not negatively going to affect I think people's like careers like the, you know the big four firms the big banks the small firms everybody is still going to be coming and doing hiring out of all of the classes um, you know whether that's a 2018 graduating year 2019 2020 2021 whatever it is um, they'll keep at that and the sort of learning environment now is actually much more similar to what you would do in CPA regardless of COVID. Um, because it all happens on Brightspace and there is no in-class component except for your workshop. Yeah. And that's two days and CPA specifically prohibits technical teaching yeah. in those workshops. They can't say like, this is how you do the journal entry for, um, you know, some like that, that's not yeah. going to be what's no, taught it's very because true. CPA in, says, don't do that. They um, say don't do that. And they say, this is an exam prep. 
and people are like, why are we here? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is that they're like, they're teaching all these enabling skills and, and going over like cases and all this stuff. And like, that's what you get in the in-person. It's, it's actually a lot closer to what a seminar would look like over in, let's say an arts degree. Um, yeah. Once you're in those workshops and you kind of get like, that Whereas like, so seminar. what they see in the modules is really close to what they're seeing online now. Yeah, so, literally. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's all, it's all on Brightspace. The quizzes are on Brightspace. Like it's, it's except for your actual exam. It's all on Brightspace. It's actually kind of funny because I, so I, I'm involved with uh, policy for the West and I'll go and answer some questions over there. And then I'll come back and I'll look at my course and I'm like, you know, it's just, it's funny. I have to put a different picture of me up there. One's in black yeah. and white, one's in color. So that I don't accidentally like just my, you, you know, you accidentally do the wrong region. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. do they, do they, do they use just, I'm like, oh, this is Dow. Huh? Brightspace is the whole country, right? Like Atlantic. So in Capstone 2, um, everybody's in the same cohort. So everything is kind of combined. Mm. And so my role at CPA Canada, I see everything. And then my role at CPA West, I see everything for West. So I actually have different logins mm. for that in different pictures as well. So there's Brightspace for Dal that has a picture, Brightspace for CPA Canada for me that has a different picture, and then Brightspace for CPA West, just to kind of okay. keep it all straight. Just, but they just all work just together. Wanna, so. Just wanted to make sure I was telling everybody that they're going to be on Brightspace for their CPA, and then they go out West, and suddenly they're on yeah. like some other. No, no, no. It's... <laughs> Um, the way that it's, it works for the modules is they're nationally developed nationally, and then regionally okay. delivered. So okay. like we had some students, some former students that did one of these um, recording uh, recordings that did um, some modules in Ontario and then transferred to Atlantic and they transferred. And she's like, oh, like it's the same platform, yeah. the same um, uh, the same delivery, just different delivery people. Right. Yeah. So same platform. So yeah. I don't know. Um, to anybody who says, you know, hey, because we, I don't know, I, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but we spent a significant amount of time, yourself, um, me, and uh, Nicole Corkum, oh. developing cost AA2 and IFA2 specifically for online, specifically um, to give the best bang for the buck um, to, our, to our students, but in a way that more was not more. Yeah. So, um, we redeveloped the skeleton, we redeveloped, um, we incorporated uh, the, the topics, making sure we didn't teach more than what was required of CPA. And then within that, uh, making sure that we focused on small mini lecture videos. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, as we've talked about, I believe before, the attention span for videos that people like and people want to watch voluntarily is six minutes. Yeah. So trying to keep into those little mini things with the reinforcing active learning part of examples and mcqs so you know i don't want to again i don't i'm obviously very biased uh and you do um you have pushed back and you do contribute um in ways that i don't ask for and that's why i like working with you and that's why i like working with nicole is it's not about ego it's like you guys have way more to offer in so many aspects and that's why it is truly a team partnership. So I guess, what would you say to very fair criticism to a student who like, you can still remember being a student, being a learner, being in that place that's like 90% trusting, 10% skeptical. What would you say to that student who's sitting in my class, say in cost or AA2, and who's wondering, oh, I'm getting the short end of the stick because this is online. What would you say to them? So I remember, I think it was when you, when you first sort of called me about 
doing development basically again um, for because like it was it needed to basically be beefed up yeah because of COVID. Um, I like think the, stripped down and rebuilt, literally yeah. like rebuilt was the 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 overriding principle that it was like this is like this is supposed this is going to be good first of all yeah. it's also going to be basically in, inclusive of the people who want to do this a different way. Um, and that to me made, makes a lot of sense because like, there's, you know, 15 different ways, you know, just throwing a random number out there that you can learn something. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, for, so, so if I'm sitting in the classroom right now, I'm looking at it and it's like, if, if you're kind of like me, um, who is, uh, an absolute diehard for textbooks, um, I am the, the kind of person who did go to all my classes and did contribute but in a lot of those classes was not paying attention a lot of the time because I knew it was just something I was going to read the textbook on later and that like that worked for me it certainly didn't for a lot of other people but I was a diehard for textbook but what you can there's also um you know you don't have to do that if you just if you're the kind of person that just wants to see lecture videos that's how you do best they're there if you want them to be shorter because you find it difficult and you only want the, the basics that's what the shorter videos are for uh, you know i've got some of my own students who just want me to stand up and do problems all day they like to see repetition and they like to learn by pattern recognition um you know how do problems get solved there's tutorial videos if you want to watch all of those um you know there's all of the online stuff provided by the publishers i think for practice and the yeah so ifa2 and ae2 has the 10% uh, allocated to the pre-work yeah. because if you hop right into the mini videos, um, it's, it, you know, you need to yeah. have some of that active reading that active. Yeah. So even if it is, um, where you get into the smart book pre-work mm -hmm. and you get an answer wrong and then you do it right away and get it right. That's learning. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, oh, I think people, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what people do not often understand or think they're like, Oh, I tricked Sam. And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> the jokes on you or like on all of us because like we're tricking each other into you learning yeah. right yeah and then so. and it, it's all it's all part of the i'll call it like the evolution of education that you know if you want to go all the way back it's like there used to be one room school houses and then not so much and then eventually you know you got to a point of sort of modern history where people were you know where it's like more than 30 percent of everybody goes to university kind of thing and gets a degree and like i remember there was there was a story my mom told me actually about her time at mcgill she did a bcom and graduated in 1982 um was that for like classes before exams and like papers and stuff there were students who would because this was well before the internet you couldn't google anything like you were going to the library to get a book um, and there's a Dewey Decimal System, right, for for organizing, you know, so you'd get your little card and you'd go to the the, the shelf that was numbered accordingly, um, is that students would go through, you know, find all the cards for the textbooks and materials for like an assignment or an exam, and then they would go and check all of those books and materials out of the library so that nobody else could use them. Um, and the idea is they would get an A and then everybody else gets like a, a D, right, because you can't just Google you yeah, know they, like, they hoarded all the materials you, you either had to go find another university library you had to go down to concordia right or ud udm <laughs> and and so and, and like that that's that's ancient history now. that's 40 years ago basically and now it's like there is absolutely everything and while we can't do absolutely everything like there's there's always going to be tools available out there that we haven't deployed mm -hmm. um and it, it will it might vary from year to year to see what's best and what's working 
because it's sort of an iterative process developing a course and making it good for 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 everybody including the future students yeah. um, and also like the endpoint changes so if cpa changes yeah absolutely we're gonna yeah. adapt to make There's sure be evolution yeah yeah um but all of those tools are like they are they're the best of the tools that you can buy like dal's got the best ones that money can buy and um you know the, the the textbooks that are being used are very high quality some of them are into their like 11th 12th edition they have been seen by dozens and dozens of experienced professionals who have made contributions or helped edit or been used mm-hmm. as just reference material um, cited somehow uh, so like all of the material only gets better year to year. Um, I would hazard to say that like my mom or dad would probably kill to have um, Google, like <laughs> in, yeah. in a short way of saying it, like just any online presence um, or like, you know, a, a bright space or like a, like an e-textbook. Like my dad, you cannot yeah. separate my dad from his Kindle now. It's impossible. He's got his Kindle all day long. And I... I'm sure his medical textbooks would have been on a Kindle if he could have done it. Yeah. I would have killed for a smart book. Yeah, no, it's just the number. I remember even, you know, like when I started school, it was 2013. Cause I, I really took the long way around in, in university. You were uh, thorough. I was, th- I was thorough. Sure. <laughs> I was thorough. Um, and I literally do, it was, this was not even that long ago. Like this is eight years ago. Now they didn't, like now it's a default. Every single textbook, you get a copy of the e-textbook. Like yeah. you get a little card. That wasn't the case. If you went to the bookstore, my introductory macroeconomics textbook, it was just a book. And I had to remember I was flying to like to California because my parents booked like a place or something in Palm Springs and, and wanted me to go with them. And like I had like five textbooks in my bag. And it was terrible. And I would have I would have killed to have an e-textbook, but it just they just even eight years ago, they just weren't there was some but they weren't all that common. Um, I just want to ask a few things because um, students will be wondering and recent grads will be wondering and maybe yeah. maybe some of your colleagues will be wondering. Um, how did you get into um, consulting? Where do you find your clients? How do you know if you have the skill set to execute? Um, and do you ever feel self-doubt? So, oh, I have a really good story here. Um, I got into Deloitte because I decided to go to a competition that I wasn't even a competitor in. Um, So there was this innovation competition down at the Westin and I was in like first year and I straight up just like, was like, I don't have anything to do on this Saturday. Tickets are free. So I went because they had some sessions that was like kind of interesting at the time. I was like, maybe I should start a business. And they had like small business accounting and the guy giving it was a Deloitte manager hmm. and at the time I had sort of done some accounting classes and I had um I decided that I liked the idea of doing work in fraud and so I went to Louis Beaubien who some of you are probably familiar with um in his capacity at, at Dow I don't know what his his title is now but he's been he was my prof for intro. I believe he's the associate dean of either research or research and innovation good for him yeah, um so he runs he work, does work with the CDL so yeah Excellent. So he was my, my intro prof. And I remember I just walked in like this green and I was like, I'd like to work in fraud. What do I do? And he sort of told me, um, well, you know, you go work an internal audit and then you'll slowly maybe, you know, and so I went to this Deloitte manager who was an auditor and I said, I'd like to work an internal audit because I didn't know what audit and internal audit and that they were different. Um, and so he said, look, just come back at like five o'clock and I'll introduce you to someone. 
So I, I came back, met with who would, what, who would later become my manager. And I basically just kept, you know, I met him. I followed up, booked coffee. We had coffee. A few months later, another one. Then I started meeting the other people in the team, one of whom was a Dow student. I showed up 40 minutes late to the meeting because of the bus. It was the winter um, and they still liked me. Um, and so it was like, it was, it was literally for me, it was a one and a half year process. Um, I didn't, I didn't get interview offers with other firms um, for at least not the big four. Um, I didn't especially put a lot of work into them. I kind of knew that this was the person that I wanted to work for. Um, but I, it took me a while, but the point sort of here that I'm getting at is I had absolutely no idea who I was going to meet that day. Um, but it was like those random little things that I did, um, you know, the clubs and the competitions and the, like, just, I just, I filled out my name onto everything I could in school, every basically grant application, scholarship, competition, I put I, my name on everything. I heard this term recently from another um, item and it said increasing the surface area for serendipity. Bam. That is excellent <laughs> because that, that was, yeah, it was, it was like, I was like, oh, like they have people going to China. Like I'll put my name on that. I'll fill that out. Like, oh, there's a Sobe scholarship. I'll apply to that. Oh, there's a trip to Niagara Falls. Oh, I'll apply to that. Um, and I literally all of them, I ended up getting every dollar back basically from Dow that I spent in grants, scholarships, trips, um, paid positions. Um, I got to go out to um, Hudson Tower in New York City to be on the 53rd floor with the CMO of SAP America. Um, and like, that was like, it was like, you know, staying in a, a Southern Manhattan hotel, like all covered, like it was yeah. like, but all of the best things basically is the moral of the story, I'm kind of rambling. All of the best things that came to me, basically, right in that sort of ending of my degree and then the last two years, they didn't come out of classrooms, basically. Um, they came out of doing everything on top of that that lets you sort of exercise what you've learned in that classroom. So, so being engaged in the class, because like, let's not, let's not sugarcoat it. You oh, did well in class and you applied yourself and you made yeah. sure that you had that. Yeah. And so it wasn't exactly. an either or, it was exactly. a, that and. Exactly. So it was like, it was, it's like, it's like, look, I need to know how to do costing, right? Even on co-op, it was like, can you build us a financial model? I had to cost a manufacturing facility, even though I'd only taken, you know, intro and cost. Um, so yeah. I costed out an entire manufacturing facility <laughs> and it, okay. it took forever, but okay. so you, you had to know it, but I never would have been able to be sitting in that chair unless I had both done the coursework and then all the yeah. things on top of that. So what would you say, because I have a few students who either recently graduated um, or maybe are looking to graduate or they're looking at what you did. And if you didn't have the background in um, risk advisory or risk consulting, um, could somebody still quit their job um, and, and be a business consultant or and be, you know, do work on some of the projects that you're doing? I mean, here's the thing, like it's most, like most consultants are not CPAs, you know, I'd say 97% is the number I'm going to throw out um, that I, you know, I meet and, you know, somebody could go look at, if you want, just go on LinkedIn, look up um, Deloitte consulting as one term, flip through tons of the people who come up, you'll only see CPA behind a handful of names. Um, and the thing is, here's the thing, if you just want to do something different, go for it. Like, yeah. don't let anybody tell you that it's like a bad time because there's always a reason that it's a bad time. 
Um, and like, like, you know, there's some, you should, you know, it's probably doesn't look good to hop through three jobs in nine months on a resume. Yeah. But the thing is, and like, but the thing is like, if that's something like a risk that you're willing to accept, um, then go for it. Yeah. And like, it's like, I had a friend recently who finished an MBA and he wanted to do like nonprofit, basically consulting, like governance mostly. And I said, like, look, I've done governance consulting for nonprofit organizations. Like, how do you want to get your foot in the door here? And his first idea was, I'm just going to start marketing myself for like literally minimum wage. And I was like, no, no, no don't do that. Like, you're not, no, you have a graduate yeah, education. You have an MBA. You yeah. have, you've done work at Ernst & Young. Like, yeah. why are you, what? No, I was like, no, industry custom is you're going to charge like $100 an hour. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, look, don't, don't just start like trying to bid on things. Like, find every boutique in Halifax that has a principal who does this and go on LinkedIn, introduce yourself, say that you are open to being a subcontractor in their book. Um, yeah. they, they lose nothing until they agree to pay you for something. So it's not like you're on their payroll. You cost them nothing. You like, they're all going to be okay with it. Um, so like I just, so that's kind of sort of like what I started doing is I just kind of started like applying to companies on angel. Yeah. That's how I found the startup is it's stuff is just it's just, so, just start, start, start sending messages. Yeah. Instead <laughs> yeah. of like thinking about doing the thing you want to do, do yeah, the thing sure. that you want to do. Just and do then it. once you get the opportunity, do yeah. it to your best abilities and be open to, for, for, be yeah. open for feedback, right? Like, you are fantastic with both providing me feedback, but also taking it and rolling with it and saying yes. And, and it's like, yeah. we all, my one girlfriend, she, um, she works very senior, like high level, um, executive and she'll just like you know the first six months you're in any job like you're getting she's and she's very experienced she's like you are just relearning it in this context in this business so we're all always learning yep. so the sooner we can get comfortable with like the fact that we're not going to have all the answers the more you can provide the confidence in my opinion at least to say okay let's put ourselves in that area in that place where we can maximize the surface area for serendipity we can start doing the thing that we want to get good at and, you know, putting ourselves out there and saying yes and providing that yeah. value. So, and, and like, there's, it. there's, there's like, and you, there's no one that's ever going to say like, there's no authority that comes down from the sky to say like, you are now allowed to say that you're qualified to be a CFO, yeah. or you're now allowed to say that you're qualified to be an instructor. So, you know, yeah. like you could, you just, you, 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 you just, you tell people that you'll do it. And, and then you do it. And then you do it. <laughs> and if you didn't know something, you find out, like, be a decent human being. And anytime, like I tell people, I'm like, if you are at a client and you are freaking the F out, like, just text me, like, go to the bathroom and, and text me. Um, like, I have other instructors who will do this at workshops, you know, they'll put on a brave face and then I'll get like a phone call in the bathroom. And it's cool. Like, we all have, I have those people, right? Like, to, you're not, you're only as, Hell, I think I called you once for, for an assignment where I was like, yeah, I don't know if I know how to do this anymore, Sam. Um, yeah. It's like, not good. Do it. Um, <laughs> and I love it. I had office hours with a student a couple of weeks ago, um, starting core one, who had his first assignment and was, you know, like concerned because he's not doing as well as he thought he would be or didn't know how to do it or was spending so much time. Like we all need people. So yeah, I mean, and I like, I like this. I'm like, you're not, I'm not just your teacher before I teach you or during teaching or, you know, I like that it's the relationship and, um, you know, Hey, I might call, call on you and ask, Hey, can you spend your Friday afternoon talking with me on a podcast? Um, because I feel <laughs> like 
people can really connect with your story because um, you're doing um, what a lot of people think or, you know, what a lot of people want to do or what a lot of people yeah. want to think about, hey, is this for me? So yeah. I don't know. I'm so curious now. I, and I do ask everybody this because it is something that I feel like we need to, to think about and we all have different answers. So how, Bryce, this is gonna be another surprise. Success? This is gonna be another surprise question. Okay, yeah. no, that was okay. <laughs> no, there's more surprise questions. Like, what's what's my second favorite swear word? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no. Um, okay, um, how do I define? How do you define success? success? So, like, I don't want to do what a lot of people do, which is be like, "Oh, it's anything you want." But okay. on some level, it's anything you want. But like, there's no wrong answer. This isn't a test. Yeah, yeah. So, well, so. For me, it's mostly just like, look, I I don't want to be the CEO of the world. I don't want to be the CEO of General Electric. I don't want to be the CEO of Dow. Do I want to be the CEO of something? Maybe. Do I want to be a CFO of something? Maybe. Does it really matter sort of what I do? Eh, like, so like, and, and I guess I've, I've told this to a lot of people recently is, there is kind of a day, and for me, it was like right around when I was about to go off on cap two, because I knew that that was, that's the end of your CPA, basically, is when you get to the end, you write your exam, you're finished, um, was I'm sitting in the office and I was like, oh shit, there's 40 years of this ahead. Like there's 40 more where I come into an office or, or just do something. And it's like, and you're, you, you will make decisions about how much you want to earn, the type of work you want to do, the location you want to be in, how many times a year you want to go on vacation, if you want to own a house or not, if you really want to drive to work or not, and then your partner, the person that you're with, um, is going to make all of those same decisions, and you're going to have to make them together, um, and there's going to be a, always there are trade-offs, unless you're like a, like a billionaire or something, like life has trade-offs, and even if you are a billionaire, life has trade-offs, to be honest, um, so when you're thinking about success, I'm sure for a lot of students right now, the definition of success is get a job at a big four. That was mine um, when I was in like, you know, second year when I was doing recruitment was um, I need a job at a big four. That's my definition of success. Then I'll be fine. Then when I got there, it changed to, well, I need a CPA and I'd like to finish pretty high up in the cohort. I, I don't, I want to do a good job of it basically like really well. And then it, now that's sort of over and it, it's become, you know, success is uh, I'd like to get a slightly bigger apartment and, um, you know, go on vacation to whatever so-and-so place with my girlfriend. Um, and so I think like, I kind of focus, I think a bit, I guess what I'm getting at is on micro success, which is that like, if you're interested in just doing anything at any point in your life, like, and, and that will make you feel like you are successful, then you should do that thing. Um, and if you want to stick to like an overarching 40-year plan that ends with you as president of the United States, that's fine if that's your definition of success. Um, but like, I would say it's like probably focusing on the micro successes, which is like, and, and for a lot of you, especially during COVID and during exam season is, is realistically just getting out of bed um, is probably like a successful day. And then maybe the next day, it's like three hours of study or two hours, whatever your benchmark is, I don't know. Um, and then maybe the next day it's more, maybe the next day it's less. But like you, so long as you're basically satisfied with where you are, I'd guess that that's sort of success. Um, so I guess my answer was all of them and none of them. Um, but like, yeah, focus on, focus on the near term, I would say, 
and you'll find you're already a lot more successful than you think you are even I think they'll also find out that they're a lot smarter than they think they are yeah like there's a lot of time like I sort of like I remember I had to go through recently an exercise of basically compiling my life um for a job application that needs there, there are, turns out that uh, there are some places where you need, you know, 12 plus pages of documents, um, sometimes up to 40 pages of documents about Was it yourself. the Canadian CIA? Was it CSIS? <laughs> no, it was not. It was, it was an education <laughs> institution of all things. <laughs> were there so, thumbprints and blood? <laughs> yeah, so some of you, some of you may know, some of you probably, most of you probably don't know that, you know, CVs for academics are extremely long. They encompass everything in your <laughs> they life. They should be extremely long. In fact, this, what I am doing right now, this specific event will end up going on mine um, because it's an invited talk. Um, yeah. And so it, I had to assemble everything. And it's when you're going through that exercise. And if you'd like to do this for yourself in a mini version, pop open your high school transcript, pop open your university transcript, pop open your resume that shows the places that you have worked um, and put them all sort of in front of yourself. And you're probably going to notice an upward trend. Um, and you know, there's probably a big dip in first year in your first semester. And then it, it comes back up because none of us were very occupied with doing anything um, pedagogical in first year. <laughs> but you'll notice it's probably an upward trend. And you'll look at your job experience and it's like, yeah, like I was the swing manager at that McDonald's, like, and the franchisee really liked me, like, and thought I was really good. And then I was a Dow student. And, you know, then I had to stop school for a little while and go be the manager. And I'm not describing my life, by the way, I'm describing, this is a compilation of the lives of my friends is I had one who, you know, um, one who, you know, had to stop school to go serve in the military in South Korea. I had one who had to stop school to go work a management position at a retailer to raise money, one who worked at a bank to raise money um, as a teller. Um, like there were people, and so like lots of different stories. Real life all, happens all while of you go to school. Exactly. Pandemic yeah, of, and otherwise. Yeah, all of those people, um, like if I look at, if I took a look at them when they were 15, they would be as, as much of a 15 year old kid as I was. And like, it's an upward trend. And so like, it's like, yeah, like I was, even if you were like, well, I was a bank teller and you know, some people might look at that and be like, well, you were just a bank teller, but it's like, no, like I was a bank teller and I never miscounted a bill. Like that's a, like, and, and the manager thought I was great. And now I'm, you know, you could, maybe you get an interview to be a financial advisor within a branch and it's, it's on your resume that you worked at that bank before, you know? So, so it, it's most people, when they, if you look at your life to date, you'll probably realize you're more accomplished than you think you are smarter than you think you are. Um, and that you've probably spent most of your time beating yourself up um, inside your own head when you think about yourself. It's usually not self-kindness. Um, and that's a shame because, yeah, we should probably all be a little bit more kind to ourselves. Love that. I love it. The, I can't even summarize all that was said, and especially in that last part. Um, so I just love it all. And I think um, I know I'll be re-listening to this and um, yeah, just, just so, so much. Uh, if we talk to ourselves the way that we would talk to a friend or the way that we would demand, you know, the, you know that our friends speak to us, um, I think we'd all be a little bit better for it. And understanding oh. that if today the definition of success is getting out of bed and tomorrow it's three hours of studying and the next day it's getting out of bed, that's okay. And it's all okay. Um, yep. We're all just doing our best every day. We're not actively and there's trying. There's no one path, right? There's no one path. 
that's that's the thing that I took away from Sam over the last few years is like even if you're like chopping onions with an MBA, which is a friend of mine, he for a little while was chopping onions in a restaurant and yeah. avocados with an MBA making salsa, you know, but like in that moment, he recognized that there weren't going to be enough avocados. <laughs> he started doing variance analysis <laughs> on boxes it. of avocados. And it was by the like, way, that is like my, um, yeah. my go-to when I want to be proficient in something. If I can start like nerding out and making little like puns and jokes, like yeah. that's, that's knowledge mastery is when you can start like joking around and assertions and <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, it's like, so I like, love you, it. you, you might find yourself, you know, all kinds of places, but it'll like, it, they're like, you, you, it doesn't, and I guess I'm getting, you don't really need a CPA. You don't even need, if you don't even really need a degree, although I wouldn't recommend dropping out of school to anybody, but like, you know, if that's what you really want to do, and it's your definition of success and like there is no one true path there are consultants who didn't finish school yeah yeah um how do i say this um within your micro successes the daily successes i do like and this if i'm going to stick anything on there um it's never bad to have kind of a a north star that you're working towards like where your mini things go to but don't make that rule everything yeah, because like, it, oh, it's going to change so many yeah, times. Point, like, point in a direction. Yeah. Um, or, you know, entertain a couple different things of where you may want to go. And and when that changes, cool. And when that changes, yeah. cool. Um, and just because you don't hit one mile mark doesn't mean all this was for nothing. No. Um, it'll help you with the next day and the next, you know, bigger thing or the next smaller thing. Um, so I actually really, yeah, I'm going to be sitting with that a lot because I, I always thought about like, you know, pointing into like a general direction and just heading down. But that's also, if I look back, not how I've lived my life. Um, this talk's not about me, so we're not going to go there. But, uh, you know, it's not an either or if you don't want it to be. It's an and, and, and if you want it to be and go out and have some fun um, yep. because you're and, fucking uh, awesome and you can do it. Yep. And if your North Star changes, that's okay. And sometimes maybe it'll go back to the other one. I wanted to be a pilot when I was younger. I'm certainly not one now, but maybe but I'll you have can, a private you maybe buy a plane later. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> buy a plane or uh, get a private jet and somebody can pilot your butt around the place. Probably, Well, yeah, it's, you know, who, who knows what'll happen, right? Over the next 40 years, will I do this forever? Who knows? And maybe one day I'm, uh, you know, flying a little Cessna around for who knows right who knows and that's part of the fun if anybody told me what my life would look like um even if it was even if it was amazing and it met everything that I could think of right now which would be my definition of success I would be bummed because part of it's mm. the struggle part of it's not knowing part of it is getting there and part of it is um yeah just just it's so cliche but it's the journey mm. Bryce you are amazing You've talked with me a lot. Of course, of course. Of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, one question to wrap it up. Uh, what's your favorite swear word? Oh, it's definitely the F word, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just the number of times I've like walked just like the number of times when I was like a junior at work and like you're you're walking out of the client's building like you've you finished for the day it's like it's 4 30 they've they've kind of gone home you're leaving and you just packed everything up you walk out the door and you're just like just happened like because you're like I don't know it's like what was the like what was that person talking about like did you did you understand any of those words I don't know like uh, 
I don't know. Like all like that, that I think that's probably the word most commonly uttered by me for my first year of being a, a full-time employee was I don't know what, what the F I'm doing. I don't know what the F is going on. Someone please save me. Um, <laughs> Someone please save me. But guess yeah. what? You saved yourself. Yeah. Uh, you did it with a smile. You hustled. And now you are, I'm just going to say it, you are an inspiration to me as an educator. You are an inspiration to many. And uh, when I mentioned briefly to a few of my class students that I was having you on, um, they got really excited. And they're like, Christ, I love that guy. And I was like... <laughs> Thanks, Bryce. Thanks for thanks for saving my booty again. No, I, I appreciate it. I'm Anytime. gonna part two, I'm sure. Part yeah. two sometime. Okay. I'm okay with that. Yep. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you. See you soon.